listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Hi, and welcome to the Coaching Academic Podcast. I'm Dr. Rebecca Jones, and I'm joined again today by Dr. Holly Andrews from the University of Worcester. Hi, Holly. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for having me again. That's all right. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about a piece of research uh, which is called The Experience of Coaching Whilst Walking, a pilot study. And this article really drew my attention for a couple of reasons. Uh, Firstly, I really noticed an increase in content on social media and and people talking about this whole idea of coaching whilst walking. And, And also, I think during kind of recent months we're recording this in December of 2020 so we're still in the midst of the whole coronavirus pandemic and I I really think that people have taken a lot of value from being outside and walking and so the idea of coaching and walking I think is really interesting and also I think uh, and the authors note this in the paper that because of current COVID-19 restrictions and social distancing guidelines this has really raised an interest in the possibility of undertaking coaching in the outdoors, because obviously you can be socially distanced, even if you've got restrictions on meeting somebody from outside of your family. Uh, inside, you can usually do at least meet at least one person outside. So I think it does give you a bit of flexibility in addition to coaching online. So this, this study really captured my attention. So the purpose of their study was to provide greater insight into the lived experience of the participants in the study by exploring their experience of coaching while walking. And it's quite a small study. There's a a small pool of participants. So the authors do describe that they're not aiming to produce any generalizable results, but they just wanted to start to explore this whole area of coaching while walking in a little bit more detail. Yeah, I think it's a a really interesting area, Rebecca, and certainly from my own experience of doing my PhD, I remember some of my best insights came when I was out walking my dog. So it's definitely something that resonates with me. And like you said, the the current situation, it's, it's nice to have an alternative to online coaching, which, as we know, the online communication medium can give us a barrier to building relationships and rapport with people. This study, I think it's interesting in terms of its approach because the researchers decided to take on the the coaching. So there's two researchers and they have a volunteer sample of clients. So they ask who wants to be involved in this pilot of coaching whilst walking. And they've got two participants, two coaches who've previously been coaches of one of the researchers. So they've had face-to-face coaching with the researcher before in a a standard format. And now they're going to try some walking coaching. And then they recruit an additional four coaches who haven't been coached by the researchers before. So they experience the coaches for the first time in the context of coaching whilst walking. They also interview two coaches who are external to the research team who form 
coaching whilst walking as part of their coaching practice um, to get their experiences and their perspectives of how coaching whilst walking works. So like I said, it's a very small sample. It's not generalizable, but they do actually start to get some real in-depth data. So they do semi-structured interviews with people to try and understand their experiences. And then they also capture their experiences. So they're taking a very interpretivistic view to this. And as the researchers, they're not distanced, they're not apart from the, uh, the research study, their experiences are incorporated into the findings that come out. Mm. Yeah, and, and in terms of those findings, they, they summarise their results into four themes. So there's four themes that, that came out of the data. And the first of these is uh, they're called openness to experience. And there's two themes sitting within there. These are enhanced creativity and openness to ideas. And this whole theme of openness to experience, what they found in, from the interviews was that the, the coaches and the, the coaches or the clients highlighted the fact that being outdoors and coaching while walking seemed to encourage them to be a bit braver, a bit more open, a bit more creative, uh, able to uh, explore new ideas, perhaps in a different way to if they were coaching indoors in a more traditional face-to-face -face setting. And they, the, the authors talk about the, the reason or some of the reasons behind this. And I, I think something to highlight about this research is it is a really new area. So there's still a lot that we don't know. So even if we do know that being outdoors or walking seems to enable our creativity and help us be more open, we don't necessarily know why that happens yet. Although they do highlight that there is some evidence um, from neuroscience, which seems to suggest that actually the process of, of engaging in moderate exercise, such as walking, can facilitate neuroplasticity that seems to be important for learning and memory. So perhaps there's some link there in terms of that actually participating in moderate exercise actually has some impact on our brain functioning, which helps to explain why we might be more creative or more open in that type of environment. Absolutely. They also talk about letting go of tension as well and how that aids creativity and, and spontaneity. And they cite a study that was uh, published in 2007 that was a 12-year longitudinal study looking at workplace stress and found that actually relaxing is the main thing that's involved in creativity and letting go of tension and allowing yourself to be more open. Um, yeah. It was a... Definitely. And, and, and they link this to their second theme, actually, which is all about awareness of the body and mind. So they found that this came out um, in the interviews that participants, both the coaches and clients felt that when they were coaching and walking, they became more aware of their body and mind. And they talk about uh, how they felt more present during the coaching conversation whilst whilst walking. And I think we can perhaps think about this finding from a very basic basic level like if you're out walking whether it's conscious or unconscious you have to be more present of your body because otherwise you might walk into something or fall over yeah if you're just sat you can forget about your body for a moment because 
you know, nothing's really going to happen. But actually just the physical process of walking around means that we automatically become more aware of our body, even if we it's unconscious. And when I was reading this, it really got me thinking about the, that gestalt approach to coaching and in gestalt coaching, we, uh, there's a big focus on awareness. So being aware of our physiolog- physiological reactions, being aware of our emotions and our thoughts and feelings. And I did wonder whether actually walking and coaching might really facilitate that. So it might particularly lend itself to that type of coaching where you want to encourage that, that different types of awareness. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Theme three was all about love of the outdoors. And so in this theme, participants made that connection with nature and the positive effect it had on them. So some of the quotes highlighted things like nature's quite soothing and being outdoors is is or outdoors is a very special place. And, you know, our thoughts on this were, while that's that's you know, that's an interesting theme that came out of it. We did wonder whether it might be a bit biased by the way that the participants were recruited. Yeah, and the authors acknowledge this limitation as well, don't they? That people who volunteered to participate in walking coaching are probably people who like being outdoors and like walking anyway. So I think this is a real limit to the generalizability. It would be interesting to see if you were to make this the only coaching option, how successful it would be with people who wouldn't naturally gravitate towards being outside but they do provide some quite interesting insights into our evolution as humans and you know why we might feel this affinity with nature and basically talk about our old brain which is the intuitive part of ourselves is actually very in tune with nature because that's how we had to survive millions of years ago we had to work with nature so there might be some kind of biological evolutionary mechanisms that mean that actually you know whether we consciously enjoy nature or not it may actually be good for us yeah yeah and and for me I suppose some of the questions that kind of arise from this finding that I'd be interested to know a bit more about are things like what role does the weather play, for example? So I know in one of the quotes that they use from their participants, the the participant says, uh, the outdoors is a very special place, rain or sunshine. And, you know, I think if I think about my personal perspective, you know, I live in the countryside, I do love the countryside. However, I'm not a big fan of walking in the rain or walking when it's absolutely freezing cold because what I find happens then for me at least is all I'm thinking is, oh God, I'm soaking wet or I'm freezing cold. And, you know, I appreciate that's not the same for everybody, but I think that might be interesting to explore, you know, what, how important is the weather when you're walking out and coaching outdoors? I guess for some people it won't matter, for others it's probably going to matter quite a lot. And the other thing is this one, this love of the outdoors, it is very much focused on nature with the implicit assumption that it's about being in the countryside. And obviously we're not all lucky enough to live in the countryside. And so does it mean that we can get the same benefits from coaching and walking in the city 
or do we actually have to be in nature you know that kind of green space so I think there's some for me this theme kind of highlights more questions than answers perhaps yeah and I think being an exploratory study it, this does pick up a lot of questions that we don't have the answers to but yes I, I totally agree with you I'm watching rain sort of hammering down on my window at the moment and I'm not looking forward to, to going out with the dog in this no <laughs> <laughs> so the final theme is perhaps for me one of the most interesting ones and this is called being side by side and the authors talk about this being an, an unexpected theme to emerge from the study. And this was about the perceived importance of the act of walking alongside one another. This idea about walking side by side is obviously quite different to when we imagine that traditional one-to-one -one coaching scenario, because usually you would sit facing each other. And we do talk about the importance of like maintaining eye contact and and cues like that to indicate that you're listening. So obviously being side by side is quite a shift from that traditional physical setup of coaching. But what they found is that it seemed to be that being side by side actually promoted more of an equal relationship and that coaches found that it was less intimidating and that it made the coaching situation lighter, more equal and more comfortable. I just really like this idea. I think, you know, they go on to talk about the fact that the equality of the relationship in coaching is, is being shown to be really important in lots of other research and that perhaps enhancing this sense of equality by physically being side by side rather than face to face appears to have a noticeable effect. And, um, you know, I just find that really, um, it's very practical, but also, you know, links quite nicely to what we know about the importance of the relationship well I've got some personal insight and experience in in this area at the University of Worcester one of the the modules that we run we do group coaching with students mm. um, and last year I coach five groups um, of students four of the five you know we're in a room we're around a, a board style table an oval table you know, you get the students talking about some topics, four out of the five groups, kind of really chatty, started to bond, got the discussion flowing. Fifth group, incredibly difficult. No matter what I tried, I couldn't get them to interact with each other, particularly even breaking them down into smaller groups of sort of twos and threes uh, to have smaller conversations that and then feedback as a, a bigger group that didn't work. So I did take them out for a walk. Um, we're, like I say, we're very lucky to have a very nice campus in Worcester. So we could go on. We've got a Worcester mile walk. So off we all went on the Worcester mile. And the difference was extreme. The students were chatting to each other. They were chatting to me. Everybody seemed a lot more relaxed. Um, and it did seem to take that intensity out of the situation. And I think for that particular group of students, that traditional coaching environment of been being sat around facing each other and having somebody's attention on you when you're talking you know, direct attention was just too intense for them and the walking actually really helped to, to build that relationship so mm. you know when we were talking about this paper we discussed actually how it might be worth thinking about the characteristics of your coachee 
in terms of how comfortable are they with having that spotlight of attention directed on them because in coaching we're quite often you know taught that that's what you need to do you need to be completely present fully attentive to your coachee you're there just you know focused entirely on them and actually for some people that might feel really uncomfortable and in our situation with students you know that was a situation where coaching was a part of their course it's mandated um, and that might also be the situation if you're brought in by an organization you, know, you might have people who are being coached who haven't necessarily elected to be coached so they may may experience coaching differently to those who have voluntarily kind of signed up for coaching yeah yeah but it's so interesting isn't it I think this this really ties into the big area that my own research has focused on which is challenging this assumption that all coaches are the same or that all coaches will benefit equally from certain types of coaching because we all know that that isn't the case really we're all very different human beings are complex they're very different there are lots of ways in which we differ from each other so it's counterintuitive to assume that coaching in one kind of fixed way of doing it is going to suit everybody in the same way but actually that's the beauty of coaching is because it's one-to-one we can completely tailor it to our coaching and so I think this is just another way in which we could think about tailoring our coaching so Perhaps if you do find that you've got a coachee who doesn't seem to perceive that relationship as equal for whatever reason that might be, perhaps they're more of a, a, a you know, junior in their role. And, and certainly I think there's a growing body of research that's looking at, at coaching people at entry level careers. And, and so it might, as a coach, you might have to work even harder to establish that equality if you've got somebody who has just started out in their career rather than perhaps a very senior leader or you've just got someone who is perhaps uh, doesn't feel that comfortable being in that intense space that it might be worth trying uh, walking and coaching to see whether that is something that's more comfortable for them and uh, you know another thing that we we talked about was the fact that it might be that walking and coaching is more or less appropriate at different stages of the coaching so Again, in the early stages, when perhaps you want to build that relationship and create that quality, walking and coaching might work really well. And then maybe at later stages of the coaching intervention, where you find that actually you're moving into really deep work, it might benefit to moving back into a quieter space where there's less distractions. I mean, this is kind of our hypothesis about all of this, isn't it, Holly? Because there isn't much research going into that much depth but it it would be certainly something to think about absolutely um so it's it's a new area but i think as practicing coaches this kind of exploratory research and and what we know about well-being and the effects of exercise and nature on learning and creativity i think this is certainly an option that people could explore Mm. uh, and the some of the literatures out there to try and give, give you the underpinning for that yeah great so that concludes our, our podcast so this study was all about the experience of coaching while walking and I think overwhelmingly the evidence suggests that it's a pretty uh, positive thing and worth perhaps giving it a go if you haven't you know it might be worth suggesting with your with your coachee particularly if they seem to be stuck or you think it might benefit from a change of of situation and and hopefully 
this study will stimulate further research into the area to give us a few more insights to inform our practice. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining me again, Holly. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Thanks. And we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show, or in hiring me as a researcher, coach, or speaker, check out my website, www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website. Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.